Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. They know a rock. Sit down. You're out of, you're out of line and an embarrassment. That conference was not the time or place to do that. We as a society need to do a better job with mental health. They talk about the real villain being mental illness and say nothing of the fact that we are a nation suffocated by firearms. Common sense gun reforms. Universal background checks. Second Amendment is not absolute. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views, Tom, Benny, and Clark. And how about them Pirates? How about them? <laughs> Number 16, East Carolina baseball continues to uh, just steamroll. Ten-run rule. I mean, they crushed Cincinnati. 15 to 5 in seven innings. 10 run rule and a walk off two run home run by Bryson Worrell. Oh, man, um, Bryson Worrell is uh, peaking at the perfect time. Grand slam home run last time, two run walk off home run this time. Wow. That's uh, 16 wins in a row. I think they're 40 and 18, and I believe they're RPI, which that, that's, that moves based on who wins and loses in the tournaments right now but i think their rpi has moved up to 16 or 17 hmm. so it's getting you know we'll see what happens you know, they'll play again saturday play the uh winner of the the next game which would be memphis versus um someone <laughs> i'll think of it in a minute now will that be the final game saturday no, morning saturday will be the semifinals and then the championship game will be on sunday okay okay because i'm looking at um one of the news stories here says they will play Saturday morning at 9 a.m. in the winner's bracket final. So I guess that's – oh, that's the winner's bracket final. Right. Then they'll they'll <clears throat> play the championship game after that. Mm-hmm. Winner's bracket final. Uh, lots to talk about today. We'll play political trivia in a little bit. Your category today, U.S. Senate trivia. Hmm. Interesting question. Have little... anything to do with Chucky Schumer? No. Good. <laughs> Chuckles the Clown Schumer. We'll get to uh, chuckles in a little bit. Uh, there is yet another victim in the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Th- this is um, this is a story uh, that really pulls at your heartstrings. The husband of one of the teachers that died in the shooting on Tuesday died of a heart attack today. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Joe Garcia, the husband of Irma Garcia, one of the two teachers murdered, in the uh, school attack, uh, died of a heart attack, leaves behind four children. It doesn't give the ages of the children. There is a GoFundMe account uh, if you would like to uh, donate to that. I think you can find a link on foxnews.com. But yeah, and listen, I'm I'm sorry. That's, you know, Woody had a heart attack anyway. I I cannot say, I'm I'm not divine, but uh, I, I would say that this, lays right at the feet of this i'm not even going to mention his name but this 18 year old yeah my wife and i were talking last night i mean it's bad anywhere it happens but it may you know this town is i think what 15 16 thousand people yeah fairly small <laughs> fairly, fairly small, small. so i mean what let's let's call town it of, aiden-ish maybe a little bit yeah, bigger maybe than farmville yeah farmville um just a matter and the way texas towns are you know it was a, it was a long ways from san yeah, antonio it was isolated from so it's isolated so uh i think it was two hours from san antonio yeah and it's like 50 miles from the border or so 50 or 60 miles from the border of mexico but it's i mean this is truly one of those towns where just about everyone knows each other you yeah know, it's just so it's even worse 
Texas uh, Department of Public Safety says the door at the elementary school appears to have been unlocked. Mm. Um, now, they are not being dogmatic on that. They will continue to investigate that, but apparently uh, it was unlocked. That's bad. Yeah. Uh, the uh, president and the first lady will travel to Uvalde on Sunday. Um, we can only hope that uh, the president knows how to um, mourn and grieve and comfort without being a horse's rear end like he was on Tuesday night. I, I know it's going to be difficult for him, but if he if he injects one ounce of politics in that trip, it, it's just he is truly a sick sob if he does. So Chuckles the clown. You just mentioned him uh, on yesterday. There was a school safety bill that Republicans brought forward. And Chuckles the Clown decided he was going to block it. He wasn't going to allow it to come to a vote. So they introduced this bill after what happened in Uvalde. The bill named after the Parkland, Florida shooting victims, Luke Hoyer and Alexander Schottler. It was, uh, I think it's called the the Luke and Alex bill. It was introduced by um, Senator Johnson of Wisconsin. Uh the bill named after the uh, the victims was a federal clearinghouse. It would establish a federal clearinghouse on school safety be- best practices to be used by state and local education and law, inform- law, and law enforcement agencies, uh, institutions of higher learning, health professionals, and the public. Now, I'm not... I'm not dogmatic that everything that uh, we need to do for the best practices of schools needs to come out of the federal government. In fact, I, I would even say, okay, is, is, is that necessary? I mean, I, I think it's of noble intent. I'm not knocking the idea, but again, the idea that everything has to come from Washington usually means that uh, there's some, something wrong with it, unfortunately. Well, and, and, not to mention that um you know some states are just different in in many things what works in one state is not going to work right. in another state what works in a metro area is not going to work in a, in a rural town so i, I agree with you I'd, I'd rather see something state specific and if anything let the government help with the funding you know but uh anyway schumer got some uh as you can imagine some negative feedback from republicans uh senator johnson tweeted not surprising that the democrat leader would lie about the bill that he blocked that the parents of parkland victims have been trying to pass for years dems are looking for situations they want to wet they they want to wedge issues that they hope will keep them in power they're sick uh, rick scott of florida who co-sponsored the bill blasted schumer as a liar and a hack marco rubio who co-sponsored the bill tweeted the truth schumer blocked a bipartisan bill that makes school safety clearing clearinghouse schoolsafety.gov permanent because radical left-wing activists oppose it well here's another case uh, if you may remember um you know back post george floyd post you know all the, the police uh reimagining talk between the democrats and things like that senator tim scott from south carolina worked on a bipartisan bill and put a lot of work into it for only Chuck Schumer just to ignore yeah. it. Yeah. And so it's another it's another instance. The, the Democrats, they want an issue to divide. And if you if you solve something, they don't have an issue to divide people. And that's all it's about. They are not about solutions. They're, they're about division. And the first thing that idiots like Schumer will say is the Republicans will do nothing. They will do nothing. They don't have any answers. They will do nothing. 
And yet every time they bring up something, what happens is it's, uh, it's knocked down by chuckles. Um, speaking of reimagining the police, Jason Whitlock had an op-ed out today, which you can find it on The Blaze, and th- there's numerous places it shows up, but uh, he hit it out of the park. Now, this isn't the entire op-ed. Obviously, I, well, I could read the whole thing, but I'm, it's, uh, it's a little long. You got to read it, though. It's, it's great. The, uh, so he writes, and, and you perhaps heard about Barack Obama's tweet from yesterday. Obama wrote, quote, as we grieve the children of Uvalde today, we should take the time to recognize that two years have passed since the murder of George Floyd under the knee of a police officer. His killing stays with us to this day, especially those who loved him. He then went on, quote, in the aftermath of his murder, a new generation of activists rose up to channel their anguish and to organize action, launching a movement to raise awareness of systemic racism and the need for criminal justice and police reform. He then told his 132 million Twitter followers, or at least they say he has 132 million, there's a lot of uh, information coming from Elon Musk that... Uh, nah, probably, ha- probably, probably, ha- probably half. Yeah. Anyway, but still, I'm okay, 60 million, 65 million. Um, how they could get involved in, quote, reimagining policing. Jason Whitlock writes, George Floyd's death certainly reimagined policing. You can see the consequences of St. George reimagined police force in the reluctant and deliberative reaction to 18-year-old psychopath Salvador Ramos entering an elementary school and opening fire on second, third, and fourth graders. Ramos killed 19 kids and two adults because he had nearly an hour inside the school without facing resistance. While children were gunned down, police stood in the parking lot for close to 40 minutes debating what exactly to do. They rejected man's natural masculine instinct to sacrifice their safety and lives in protection of women and children. Man's instincts have been reimagined in the last two decades. We've been told by the left and feminists that our masculinity is toxic. Police have been told by the Democrat Party and radical political activists that George Floyd, Jacob Blake, Rashad Brooks, Eric Gardner, Brianna Taylor's trigger-pulling boyfriend are the real heroes, and law enforcement is the villain. We've incentivized police to stand down, stand back, and give criminals a safe place to work out their frustrations, smash and grab, shoplift, argue over routine traffic stops, and murder. Obama's veneration of George Floyd is an outgrowth of a cultural rot sweeping America. We've made heroes out of men who contributed nothing to our society and demonized men whose jobs require them to risk everything. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin should have taken his knee off of Floyd's back far sooner. Chauvin's misconduct likely contributed to Floyd's tragic death. But the, nine, but the last nine minutes of George Floyd's life do not make him a hero. Heroes are not made face, lying face down in the street, high on fentanyl, gas, gra, gasping for air. Heroes charge into buildings to save lives of people they do not know. Heroes are killed after they pass legislation ending slavery and segregation. Heroes work two jobs to provide for their kids, suffer through marriage counseling to honor their sacred covenant, and coach Little League teams. Heroes have far more on their resume than victim. Floyd's resume is littered with bad decisions, petty crimes, occasional violence, and pornography. Barack Obama wants to romanticize George Floyd. He and his political teammates are promoting chaos within the United States to force this country to get on board with the globalist agenda and the new world order. America must fall. 
there's no quicker path to destruction and chaos than the undermining of law and order. The demonization of law enforcement and celebration of criminality are as intentional as the feminization of American men. Men are being baited to reject their natural masculine instincts. Would the same number of firefighters run into the burning World Trade Center towers in 2022 as in 2001? Back then, we still saved our highest praise for the men and women who at least tried to do the right thing. Police officers do not earn huge salaries. We augment their salaries with respect and reverence. Now that Obama, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and corporate media have eliminated respect and reverence from a, not, from a cop's paycheck, we should not be surprised that law enforcement personnel are far more reluctant to, re, re, to risk their lives. What happened in Uvalde, Texas is no different from what is going on in America's major cities in the aftermath of George Floyd. Police officers are reluctant to engage with criminals and violent crime has skyrocketed skyrocketed because of it. As Barack Obama pretends to grieve for the children of Texas, he should make time to recognize that America's emotional and immature reaction to George Floyd contributed to the slaughter of 19 little kids. This is excellent. And uh, Jason Whitlock, once again, you've hit it out of the park. I mean, he, he is... He has got it. The, the idea that you can continue to vilify our policemen and when they do the right thing, the next, and, and listen, I'm okay. I, I, I recognize that we had a bad apple in Derek Chauvin. He, he, Jason Whitlock is right. He probably did contribute to uh, the, the fentanyl laced uh, George Floyd, but he, but he's our hero. And the police force are the villains? Exactly. And I was trying to find, uh, you know, we're not going to mention the shooter's name, the killer's name, but the uh, trying to find the name of the border police officer that killed him, that went in and took him out. I can't find his name, but I don't know if you saw this, but he was actually shot in the head and the leg, and the bullet grazed the top of his head and, I mean, cut his head with, I mean, huge staples in his head, and he still took the guy out. To, to Jason Whitlock's point, this is the daggone hero in this situation. Yes. Yes. And George Floyd, for Barack Obama to mention his name at the same time this happens yes. just shows how damn insensitive he is. And all he cares about is politics. I, it's just when I when I heard that yesterday and saw that tweet, I just wanted to I just wanted to get on and start tweeting something. But I was afraid, you know, Secret Service might show up on my door. But he's an idiot. I, just only thing I can say. Well, and again. It is this Barack Obama reimagining police. I mean, this is the guy that promoted hope and change. He said, oh, yeah. oh we're going to have hope and change. A reimagining police contributed in some way. I, I don't know what percentage, but but J- Jason Whitlock is correct. In 2001, police officers and firefighters ran into a, sky, uh, a skyscraper that was getting ready to collapse. It was on fire. They ran in to save lives, and now you have a situation where there, there's some hesitancy. What do we do? Will will we find if we do the wrong thing here? Will we find ourselves in a lawsuit in court with possibility we're going to go to jail because we we didn't react in the correct way? I, I think you have to at least ponder that. Mm-hmm. And uh, tip your hat to the point that Jason Whitlock is making. And, and I'm not even going to say the name of the officer that. That uh, that's in jail for putting his 
his knee on George Floyd's back. I'm not even going to say his name. You said it, I'm not going to say it. But to, to equate what he did to what police officers face every day, there's no comparison. No. You know, a police officer in this situation, if, he, if he's hesitant one second, his, his life may end, right. not much less someone else's. Right. And it's just, to your point and Jason Whitlock's point, I mean, Obama, he, he's helped create this. We have to take another time out. Uh, love to hear to you, uh, from you on this matter. Uh, we will play political trivia in a little bit. And interesting uh, polling numbers have come out concerning uh, the general election. And uh, one of the uh, races between uh, Ted Budd and Sherry Beasley, new Civitas polling. We'll have that when we get back. News and views. He's kind of a diva. He's absolutely fascinating. Ultimate gentleman spy. Irresistible to women, deadly to his enemies, a legend in his own time. You won't believe what he's going to say next on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Here's Tom Lemprecht. All right, welcome back in. Uh, lots to talk about, but, uh, you know, sometimes you need a reprieve from the uh, chaos and craziness, and we have got one for you. Concert on the Common gets back underway tonight downtown Greenville to talk about it. Mark Miller from WNCT 107.9. Mark, welcome in. Hey, how you doing there, Tom? I'm telling you what, you just hit the nail on the head, a reprieve, a getaway from the chaos of life right now. We could use it. Amen. Nothing does it nothing does it better than live music and no one does it better than the Embers. And you got the you got them up on stage. They're getting ready right now. Uh, we're about 20 minutes away from Craig Willard and the Embers taking the stage. We have uh, the alcohol sales about to start up. We have the uh, food trucks cranking out everything. And uh, the Kona Ice Truck here. We have Sawyer's Fun Park for the kids. All sorts of goodies they're giving away. The State Farm people have Frisbees and footballs. You, you set the scene. It's, you pick out your spot on the lawn here at the Town Common. And as you're watching, kind of over the uh, you know, watching the stage, watching the, the embers perform. You got the kids running around in front of you, throwing the balls, having a having a blast. And it's just such a calming scene. Nothing does the soul like live music does the soul, and uh, we all need that right now, right? Well, you know, there is, uh, there's a lot of truth in what you say, and one of the things that we need is community, and anything that we can have that's going to bring the community together i'd say vote for that and uh, look there's we can set aside any political differences we can set aside any controversy just sit down and enjoy and uh, you know when i've gone to the concert in the common that's one of the fun things is you're going to see your neighbors down there you're going to mm-hmm. see people maybe you saw the last time 10 15 20 years ago and say hey there's joe and sally over there so this is it's a great time and there's not a bad seat in the house not a bad seat, and music is sort of the great equalizer, right? Everybody's going to leave here feeling fantastic, like like they did get a little load off their shoulders. And, uh, you know, after a few drinks, even better, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like the weather radar looks great tonight. Weather's going to be good, I believe. Yeah. I tell you what, it's going to be perfect. It looks so nice out here. We were, you know, it feels like it's been an eternity since the last concert on the Common because we did have one that was canceled because of weather. And uh, things were looking nasty last night, but it is a, that's a distant memory now. It is a perfect evening here in eastern North Carolina. Perfect for you and the family and the friends to come on out, people of all ages. Uh, get yourself a lawn chair. Park it down there. You won't need it much because you'll be out dancing. 
uh, and just enjoying enjoying life here with okay. another concert on the common. The embers you can't beat. Sounds great, Mark. We'll see you down there. Appreciate it. You bet. All right. You bet. Concert on the common, uh, common and uh, it'll go a couple hours. So if you're on your way home and you're thinking, "Wow, well, am I going to have time to go home and grab a quick sandwich and Perfect jump in the evening. car? Perfect yep. night. Too. Good, go down for it. Uh, take a look at your weather forecast. It is going to be, as uh, Benny just said, nice tonight. Uh, there's going to be uh, just partly cloudy skies, a low tonight of about 69. Unfortunately, well, I guess it's still, if you're a farmer, you're going to say, hey, bring us some more rain, but you're going to get it tomorrow. Thunderstorms likely, potential for severe thunderstorms. In fact, a high near 82, chance of rain tomorrow is 90%. Tomorrow night, more of the same, more rain. Then Saturday, things clear up. It looks like the Memorial Day weekend is going to be really nice with the uh, high in the mid to uh, mid-80s to upper 80s on Monday, but lots of sunshine. So, That's perfect. Yeah, it is going to be a great Memorial Day weekend. And uh, do uh, enjoy yourself, but uh, be careful out there. Don't get too much sun. And uh, if you're traveling, be, uh, be careful as you ride. Um, uh, will, again, we're going to play political trivia in a little bit. Uh, your category is uh, the U.S. Senate. And uh, weather and trivia and whatever else you want to thank them for is brought to you by Ironwood Country Club. Whether you're looking to spend your summer poolside, courtside, or greenside, Ironwood Golf and Country Club offers a variety of memberships tailored to fit your lifestyle with no initiation fee required. And best of all, this summer and maybe this weekend, you'll be headed to the beach Pack your clubs. Ironwood members receive reciprocal golf and dining privileges at the Beaufort Club in Beaufort, Compass Point uh, Golf Club, and Magnolia Greens located in the Wilmington area. For more information, contact membership director Jenna Doyle at 252-752-4653. Join in the fun at Ironwood today. In fact, when you join Ironwood, basically you're getting membership at those other three clubs. So uh, That's a deal. That's a deal. Go out and enjoy, and uh, hey, if you want to learn more, your, if you want to improve your golf game, talk to uh, John LaMonica or John Rucker up there. They'll uh, they'll get you straight. And if you don't want to improve it, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Carolina Journal has got a new poll out, and uh, overall, really good news for Republicans. Now, the U.S. Senate race is uh, pretty tight but you know really uh while we've had a lot of campaigning for the primaries we really haven't had any general election um information out there yet we will be and it'll be interesting to see now generally speaking early polls like this you find tighten up as we get to the general election and my hunch is these polls probably will get tighter by the time we get uh, to november but right now, Ted Budd is polling slightly higher than Democrat candidate Sherry Beasley. This is a new Civitas poll of a general of general election voters. Budd, now serving as a congressman from the state's 13th congressional district, polled at 44 percent. That number edges out 42 percent for Beasley, a former chief justice of the new, uh, North Carolina Supreme Court. I, I will say this, though. I think as more information on some of Beasley's rulings— that basically follow the reimagining policing narrative, I think she might get knocked down a peg or two. Uh, Libertarian candidate Shannon Bray had 2% support. Green Party candidate Matthew Ho uh, with 1%, 12% undecided. 
Um, Chris Cooper of uh, Western Carolina says this is a statistical tie, and uh, I would agree with that. Again, I think we will see as the – well, I don't know. I don't know what is going to happen between now and November. But in terms of general election voting, uh, when it comes to these other races, there is some really positive news, especially on the Supreme Court – Polling results show Republican candidates for state Supreme Court seats edging out their opponents. Republican Trey Allen bested Sam Irvin 46% to 40%, a 6% margin. Now, you say that's not a lot, but again, uh, you got to realize that, generally speaking, Democrats in in most general elections going into it at this stage of the game, Mm -hmm. nine times out of ten, they're going to have— uh, better numbers than Republicans are. Not, not to mention the name recognition of Sam Irvin. Sam Irvin. I mean, his father, uh, my grandfather, obviously was a legend. So, I mean, right. to me, that's I, I think that's big. Um, in the other seat, Republican uh, Richard Diaz topped Democrat Lucy Enman, 44% to 40%, so uh, a 4% margin. Republicans enjoy a comfortable advantage on a generic ballot for state and federal offices in North Carolina. Uh, according to the poll, 49% said they would vote for a Republican candidate for state legislature compared to 43% for a Democratic candidate. Again, that is just a generic ballot, a 6% advantage. Again, generally speaking, on generic ballots, Democrats nationally usually have a 4 to 6% advantage. In this case, the Republicans have a 6% advantage in, in North Carolina. For Congress, 50% would pick a Republican on a generic ballot. for a Democrat, so a 7% advantage. Biden's approval rating in North Carolina stinks, reaching 61% disapproval compared to 33% approval. Roy Cooper, who has been in the positive all along, has actually gone below water. He's got a 46% likely voter disapproval compared to a 42% approval. I think that's the first time I can remember him being in the disapproval uh, category. Yeah, his numbers look... To me, I'd, I'd never understood how his numbers looked so good you know, back during COVID, but uh, they did. 73% of voters say uh, the United States is on the wrong track. 22% say it's on the right track. I, I don't know how you come up with 22% <laughs> I don't saying it's on the right track. Uh, on the issue of abortion, 40% say likely voters identify as pro-life, 43% as pro-choice. However, nearly 70% of likely voters say that abortion should be limited in some way ranging from restrictions on minors' access to abortion all the way to a complete ban. Only 23% said abortion should be legal without any restrictions. So I guess a lot of these people are saying to themselves, well, if, I'm, if I say I'm pro-life, I have to be consistently pro-life, and I can't ever deviate from that. So there should, But again, when you dig down and you ask the question, 70% say abortion should be limited in some way. Well, you know, the Civitas poll on the Senate race between Ted Budd and Cherry Beasley, you know, this follows the poll earlier this week out of the ECU for Center, Center for Survey Research right. um, about what Peter Franci and Jonathan Morris does mm-hmm. that. And Ted Budd was ahead 47 to 39. Which is an eight point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, that, I mean, that's 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 pretty solid. And, and uh, this ECU poll, um, you know, last uh Last election cycles, I mean, it's got a lot of credibility. And oh, it's, yeah. It's really oh, close. Oh, they're, they're, they're doing, doing a great job, and they're getting some national uh, recognition on that. Um, what's interesting is uh, speaking – oh, by the way, the, the other thing I did want to mention, um, 
Asked for their perspective on gun restrictions, 42% rep, uh, reported that gun laws should be more restrictive than they currently are. 34% said they uh, should be left as they are. 19% said they should be less restrictive. So, uh, again, you, if you have a majority of North Carolinians say they should be left just like they are or they should be loosened up. Well, that's one thing about it. If you've got a radio show and you want to take, get get some calls, just say we're going to talk gun gun restrictions and gun legislation. <laughs> and I think the phones would ring off the hook. By the way, before we go to political trivia, speaking of abortion, um, have you heard about what's going on in Oklahoma? They have passed and it's been signed oh, yeah. into law. Unlimited uh, or no there's no abortions. Yeah, no abortion. Period. No abortions. In I mean, circumstance, yeah. basically, uh, there's an abortion ban from the moment of conception hmm. you, you cannot have an abortion ban they've also come out with um legislation on uh the whole transgender issue saying what you were born with on your birth certificate if it's uh if it's male you're gonna play in the boy sports if it's female you're gonna play in the girl sports uh same with what bathroom you're gonna use and what uh locker room you're gonna use that, that reminds me isn't it Oklahoma where they play the College World Series for softball, for college softball? Good question. I bet I bet we have some issues with that. So, I mean, yeah, this is this is this is basically the bathroom bill from North Carolina which, you know, unfortunately we we backed down from, but uh in Oklahoma and you know, this guy is getting some national pushback, but the governor there, Kevin Stitt, said, "You know what? People that live here in Oklahoma, um, they're yeah. with me on the map. Yeah, it's played in Oklahoma City. I, th- I thought I remember that. So what will the NCAA do, you know? Hey, I, well, if they're consistent, they're out of there. I mean, they uh, they took everything, tried to you know ban things in North Carolina because of what they call the bathroom bill a few years ago. So. Now, what's really interesting, though, is, is as you can imagine, the uh, all the liberal groups are coming out and saying, this is radical. This is radical that you're going to make boys use the boys' bathroom and girls use the girls' bathroom. It's right. Ra- now, think about the fact that, I mean, what are, what are the percentage of transgenders? A half of 1%, 1%? Mm. Uh, I mean, I bet it's not what you see on television. Commercials. Oh, of course not. Of course not. I mean, they're, they're pushing it big time. But you're going to have a half of 1% saying, we have the right I'm just going to be blunt here. We, you know, young men saying, I have the right to go in and get naked in front of the girls in my school and they have to get naked in front of me. Mm. I mean, that's blunt and I'm sorry to be so straightforward, but that's basically what they're asking for. And we're going to sit there and applaud that. And, and you've got the ACLU saying that you have to let them do that. Otherwise you're violating their rights. Where, where's the right of the person that, uh, the the female the girl where's where's her right in this situation world women that she didn't have to sit there and get dressed with somebody that gawking at her gawking at her or just you know have have their stuff you know, their, look, we, you know we, we've already seen you know when junk. they're when they're doing this in prison that's what's happening yeah women are getting raped women are getting pregnant Un- <laughs> unbelievable it's it's the bizarro world we're living now in. Uh, you want more bizarro PJ Media is reporting the National School Lunch Program feeds exactly, well, approximately 30 million kids nationwide. But now, getting access to federal funds for the program will come at a huge catch. 
K through 12 schools will have to allow boys and girls bathrooms and locker rooms if they want to continue receiving funds for the school lunch program. <laughs> the Biden administration announced earlier this month that it was reinterpreting, they were reinterpreting the prohibition on discrimination based on sex found in Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972 and the Food and Nutrition Act of 2008 as amended Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, formerly the Food Stamp Program, now it's known as SNAP, to include discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. This is their interpretation, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. So they are now interpreting the law and as the executive branch, they're the ones that are going to be sending out the checks. Uh, they're going to say, nope, if you don't do this, uh, you're not going to receive any federal funds. Uh, it is time for people to rise up. It's just another case of the Democrat strategy is to divide people in as many pockets of one-issue voters that they can possibly get it's because their ideas don't work. Is, is the more one-issue voters they create and just push that to divide them where, where that one-issue voter will never consider anything else other than their one issue. And that, that is the Democrats. 561-8255, that's the number to call because we're going to play political trivia. 561-8255, we'll play as soon as we get back. Got a good question, got a good prize package, give us a call. We'll play in just three minutes. Let's play political trivia, 561-8255, your category U.S. Senate trivia. Prize package includes a free oil change for your car pickup, a Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or a Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, a gift certificate to the Ironwood Country Club, also a gift certificate from Fit for Life 24, including two free uh, training sessions, a $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner, a $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goody Bakery in Aden, and uh, if you've played and won recently, let's 60 days pass before you play again. 561-8255. Got some lines open. First up from Greenville, it's Thomas. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Thomas. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. You ready to play? Yeah. All right. Here you go. Category U.S. Senate. Former U.S. Senator Robert Byrd from West Virginia was known for some interesting distinctives such as being the only former Ku Klux Klan member to serve in the U.S. Senate in the 21st century. He was also known for making a 15-hour filibuster speech in hopes of defeating the 1965 Voting Rights Act, which protected the voting rights of American minorities. And yes, he was a Democrat. But Robert Byrd is also known for holding this notoriety in the U.S. Senate. What? Uh, the oldest member. He was not the oldest member. That would go to uh, Strom Thurmond. But I will say this. You're you're warm. You're in the right category. So you've helped somebody else with a little hint there. Thanks for calling, Thomas. 561-8255. 561-8255. What do you think? Robert Byrd. Known for some controversial things, but also known for this notoriety in the U.S. Senate. 561-8255. The oldest was Strom Thurmond. Believe it or not, Strom Thurmond died in office 
What? How old do you think Strom Thurmond was when he died? He was like ninety-one or two, I think. Try a hundred. Oh my goodness! I know he had a child when he was fathered a child when he was like what, probably, probably ninety-one or ninety-two. Yeah, yeah. He was one hundred and one hundred years, twenty-nine days when he died in office. Now you would think, you would think that uh, he would have retired somewhere prior to that, but no. Let's go to Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. Hi. How you doing today? Doing well. Did you hear the question? I did. So was he the longest-serving member of the Senate? You've got Bingo. it. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Believe it or not, this this is this is immoral. He served from January third, nineteen fifty-nine, to June twenty-eighth, twenty ten, serving over fifty years, almost fifty years and six months. That is Sir, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, that term serves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Public servant. Uh, yeah. yeah, right. Anyway, where are you calling from, Bill? Roper, North Carolina. All right. Well, hang on the line, Bill. We're going to get all your info, and we'll get you uh, those certificates for all those goodies. Thanks for everybody who called. Uh, Bill hit it out of the park. Stay with us. Benny and I will be right back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Congratulations to Bill Timberlake of Roper, North Carolina. He uh, got it right. The longest serving U.S. Senator in American history hmm. was uh, Robert Byrd. Wish, wish I'd asked Bill if he knows Bob. Old Bob. <laughs> Bob Timberlake. Upon Robert Byrd. Oh, how about nope. Justin? <laughs> um, upon Bird's death, now remember this guy was—he wasn't a grand wizard. A lot of people, and I think I've said in the past, he was a grand wizard. or referred to him as that, but he was—but he was a member of the clan. Yeah, Robert K.K. Bird. Yeah, <laughs> but and and he uh, he uh, again had a 15-hour filibuster, speaking against the 1965 Voting Rights Act, which uh, again the the intent of the act was to protect the voting rights of American minorities. Upon his death, Byrd's death, Obama said in a statement that the country has, quote, lost a voice of principle and reason. Hillary Clinton said, call, um, Byrd was the heart and soul of the chamber. <laughs> well, to, to Barack Obama's credit, he didn't know anything about him. He just read whatever was put in front of him. He did a good job with it. But it, it's amazing. It's amazing what they celebrate. These Democrats, they celebrate and and don't look in their past what right. they've done i mean right and he and he was robert bird was kind of the poster child for the democrat party in his later years i mean he was the leader of the party and he was i mean just let's face it he was a racist well you know what's interesting though is look at robert bird and his past and they praise him look what they did to donald trump in his past when it came i mean they made up stuff about how oh, yeah. he was a racist and yet, if you look at his past and what he did uh, for all kinds of black organizations before he was president, before he was in politics, when he was in private business, mm-hmm. the people he hired, the people, the organizations he gave to, and yet they vilify him as if he was the member of the of the Klan, and Robert Byrd is uh, made into a saint. Well, you know, you can, you can say a lot of things about Donald Trump, and there's a few things on his character that I would say, you know, that I would— be question critical, question and be critical of but 
There is no there is no history of racism no. with Donald Trump. They can't find any. They make it up. They make it up. Uh, by the way, speaking of Donald Trump, former President Trump will have to testify under oath as a part of the New York Attorney General's office's investigation of his business practices after a state appellate court ruled against him on Thursday. The ruling by a panel of four judges upheld a decision by New York Supreme Court Judge Arthur Engerin. And uh, now he can't appeal this. Trump can't appeal this, and you know that he will. But um, we'll, we'll see where this goes. The investigation by the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, has been exploring records belonging to Trump and the Trump Organization and has focused on suspicions that the former president provided a false valuation of his assets in order to secure more favorable positions regarding loans and taxes. I, I, I mean, I, listen. It's just a witch hunt. Well, it is. And that's exactly what Trump will call it. And it's what he's called other things. But he's right. But I mean, my, my gosh, to, to hear about this in the mainstream media, you think the guy would have committed murder. <laughs> I know. And look, this is an organization that has all kinds of attorneys and accountants. I mean, this is not a guy doing this on his kitchen table. Yeah. This is a guy that says, hey, attorneys, accountants, CPAs. Give it, get us the best deal you can get. Yeah, and they go and do their work and get the best deal they can get. And this is a witch hunt. Yeah, and the stuff that was on the IRS uh, or other uh, tax issues with him that that was that was nonsense. And when they keep talking about Donald Trump inflated the values of properties, I've been in business thirty some years, and every real estate developer I know, just because of their optimistic nature, you have to be. Right. They, they wouldn't be in the business if you weren't optimistic. Yeah, they think what they have is worth more than what it actually right. is because that's just their nature. You know, I mean, what, they're positive what, I, people. If you're out there, you own your house. What do you think it's worth? I, I guarantee you. You think it's worth more than it probably is. And you're saying, well, you know, I wouldn't sell it for less than X. Well, that's because uh, you're an optimist. And that's basically what Donald Trump did. And now they're trying to hang him for yeah, it. Yeah, when people ask me, am I buying or selling? Ask them what a value. How am much? I buying or How selling? much are you going to pay? <laughs> exactly. Hey, listen, uh, congratulations again to uh, Bill Timberlake, our political trivia winner. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.